What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chats with the Freak. My name is Emmy, and this week I have a very cool episode for you guys, a little different than what I normally do. Um, it's I brought a bunch of my photographer friends. Um, for all of you who don't know me, I am mainly a concert photographer. That's what I started doing many years ago, and I've made a lot of friends along the way, and with everything going on with the coronavirus, I decided to bring a bunch of my friends on so we could kind of reconnect a little bit and uh, just talk about industry stories because I really miss being out in the photo pit right now. I also definitely forgot to introduce some of these lovely people when I was interviewing them. So I'm going to put little clips in here on the episodes that I didn't, or segments I should say, um, that I forgot to have them introduce themselves. So this first segment is Bill. He is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, um, and he mainly does Build the Scene, which is a website based out of Pittsburgh, PA. He also does band photography. He also does web design and a bunch of different stuff. So, um, yeah, listen in on this little chat with Bill, and I will be back shortly to introduce the next segment. So how are you doing tonight, man? I'm okay. Um, it's been a long six weeks. <laughs> feel that. Definitely feel that. Everything going on in the world right now, it's definitely affecting the music industry in the worst way possible. And everybody, but definitely yeah. hitting hitting hard, especially in the industry. That's. I was just starting to do the, the photography thing. I mean, I, well, let me, I have done it. But it's, I was just starting to do it as a freelancer before I was just going and taking pictures on my own. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, this is like the first um, little part of my uh, at my recordings for the podcast I'm putting together uh, with all the different photographers and everybody else that works in the industry because I have some stagehands and stuff that want to come on and talk, which is really cool. Um, and you kind of do everything. Yep. <laughs> so I went to, I was attempting to write notes for this and I got like two lines in and I'm like, I'm just going to let him talk and talk to you about like exactly what you do. Cause obviously I know you mainly from um, build the scene, which is in Pittsburgh and through first angel media. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you informed me, you do a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to talk about that now or do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about like, I know what build the scene is, but like, what do you um, can't for people that are listening that don't know what build the scene is. Can you explain what that is? Um, so it actually started out. You want me to go all the way back to the beginning? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. As long, as far back as you want to go, bro. I'm cool with that. Okay. So 1996. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, I was learning how to design a website for a class and it was really boring. It was like um, the code was already there and it said insert name here, insert major here. And um, I decided that I wanted to learn how to actually do websites. And um, I started researching and I came across the band website that wasn't completed. And I'm um, actually new to the people in the band. So I, as I was teaching myself how to do this, 
I designed a mock-up of, of what I thought their website should look like. Um, that band was called Hybrid. And um, the two people that I, well, the two people that one of, they're in different bands now, but um, I'm, and I'm sure you've heard of them um, after the fall and, oh, yeah. and a common crown. Yeah. And then um, the other person is in the band Sour Mash. Okay. Um, so that's where it all started. I was teaching myself how to design websites. And when I showed them the mock-up, I ended up doing their website. And then um, Steve, who's the bass player in After the Fall and Common Crown, his brother was in another band called Sundog, and I ended up doing their site. And then Sundog broke up, and I ended up doing the bass player from that band, joined another band, and up doing that website. So it all started from website design, um, which I still do. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then in 2004... I started a website called AK Music Scene. The AK stands for Ali Kiski, which is the valley I live in. And um, Utah from the Grassroots Show um, on 97.7 FM. Okay. He actually helped me pick the name and paid for the domain for the first year. That's so, awesome. So the first official website I had was AK Music Scene in 2004. And then someone from Texas had gotten in touch with me. They were running a website called Bands. Um, bands thriving on fans.net. And um, she had a son who was 14 that was running an unsigned um, streaming radio station. And he got a virus and he sent me a message and he's like, look, I need to shut my computer down, but I have like 500 people listening and I don't want to lose my listeners. And that was September 14th, 2004. And, um, I called Brian Schaefer from the band Cage, who was that third band I mentioned in the, in the history there. And he showed up with the microphone, and that ended up being the first Pennsylvania rock show. And I am now on episode 512. Oh, wow. Uh, um, so really, it, I mean, it dates back to 1996. <laughs> and it, everything it just kind of happened on accident, um, including the photography that I do. Um the websites, you know, I was just looking to, to make my assignment look better. <laughs> now I do, right. now I do as a freelancer. Um, so then AK Music Scene PA Rock Show were going for a while. And then um, I decided to create, um, I'm trying to think what all domains I have now. Um, <laughs> I also have podcastyourscene.com, which your show is on. Um, it's which I'm very thankful for that. I really appreciate that. Not a problem. It's there's probably I haven't counted recently. Probably close to twenty different podcasts or video blogs listed there that are all dealing with unsigned music. Um, and then and then build the scene was kind of a. I don't. I wish I could remember the name of the group. There was that group that came into Pittsburgh. And like evaluated the Pittsburgh music scene and they put out all this documentation about what should be done. And at the time I had just purchased the, the domain buildthescene.com, but I really didn't know what I was going to do with it. And one of the things that they said was that Pittsburgh needed a one-stop website where you could go and find out about anything in the scene. Right. So that was my goal with buildthescene.com. And if you go there right now, 
akmusicscene.com is now part of that. PARockshow.com is now part of it. So if you go to either of those websites, they actually take you to part of Build the Scene. Podcasterscene.com, if you go to that, it takes you to part of Build the Scene. So basically, buildthescene.com became the umbrella of everything that I've done since 1996. Um, I have a streaming radio station there. I do two podcasts on my own, the Pennsylvania Rock Show and Three Questions in a Song. Um, I bet you can't guess what that one's about. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible at naming things. Um, so that's a little bit of the history behind it. And, um, you know, basically build the scene. My, my goal with it is to, well, <laughs> just like three questions in a song, it's to build the scene. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, no, I really like that. I think that's one of the good things, especially, um, with the Pittsburgh scene is it's very easy to find out what's going on. And it's very easy to kind of everyone makes sure everything's really promoted very well. And definitely people that are a part of your group are very good at making sure everything's really, I guess, promoted very well and very um, everybody knows what's going on. Because I find in like certain scenes you have a problem finding what exactly is going on. There was a venue um, kind of local to me and they're having, they were having problems bringing in bands and it was because nobody knew the bands even played there. Like I had people like, Oh, there's bands to play at that bar. I had no <laughs> idea. So like, I definitely, I feel like every city should have something like that where you could just go to like that website and everything's there. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I, I definitely totally agree with that for sure. Um, I also know that you have some involvement with um, First Angel Media. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I, like everything else, it was an accident. Um, <laughs> trying to, I believe um, Lee Caruso from the band Big Atlantic introduced me to Jonna, who is the owner of First Angel Media. And at the time, she was posting um, reviews of, of music and, and shows on her Facebook page. And me being me, I was like, hey, why don't you let me build a website so you could put this stuff, you know, what you're doing is great, but let, let's give you a home. And um, right. that's kind of where it started. Um, she has exploded, if you're not familiar with First Angel Media. Um, oh, I'm very familiar with First Angel Media. Jana is very professional, and I've done a lot of shows with her. Um, so my part in First Angel Media, um, I am the vice president probably most likely because I've been there since it started really. <laughs> um, well, since the, it blew up and we'll go with that. Right. Um, I do the um, web design, web content. Um, I am in charge of the digital EPK stuff. Um, I, you will find my videos, which I didn't even mention. I started doing my my podcasts, the interviews is live videos on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And all of that stuff gets added to First Angel Media as content. Um, and I do a little bit of freelance photography through there. Um, basically, I do what I know how to do, except I do it under that umbrella as well. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So tell me a little bit about um, your freelance photography, because I've not talked to you about this yet. Um, how did you kind of get started in that? I know you said everything you kind of started has been an accident. I definitely can relate to that. <laughs> All right, so Matt and Steve, who were are the 
<laughs> a lot of this goes back to them. Uh, Matt Ferranti and Steve Craven, who bass and drums for Common Crown and and um yeah, and after the fall. Um they started a thing called Rock for Life, which is a concert series where they raise money for sick children, um, children fighting deadly diseases. And I was there and I realized that like nobody was taking pictures. So I started taking pictures and um, I have a weird noise. Can you hear me? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I started taking pictures and, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> um, I had a, an old Sony Mavica camera that I started with that wrote the pictures directly to a, a mini CD. Um, then I got a Fuji films camera and I, I took like 20 years worth of photos there with no direction from anyone. It was just me right. taking pictures and whatever ended up on, on my memory card or, or mini disc I put out because I didn't, I didn't know. Um, and then um, more photographers started showing up and I started taking less pictures because they were clearly way better than I was. Um, <laughs> and then um, Raina Pelly, who is also part of First Angel Media, and Jonna and Dan GTX all start showing up at these shows and taking pictures. And they started giving me tips. And I started getting better with my Fuji Films camera which by the way is nowhere near as good as my Canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one day Raina said to me, Hey, do you want me to bring my backup camera for you to see what you can do with a good camera? So that was last summer. And um, I took, uh, I don't know, probably a thousand shots with that camera. And I posted them and Jonna saw them. And about two weeks later, Jonna's Canon was on my front porch. <laughs> and she said, Hey, I sent you, I sent you a gift. <laughs> so, oh my God. That's great. So then I um I shot my first freelance show back in February. Um, the band doesn't know it was my first one until they listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do have 20 years of experience backing it. I just didn't have the right equipment. <laughs> yeah. Equipment's definitely a big part of the game. Um, I'm in currently getting my own uh, new setup. I'm, I'm a Nikon shooter. Um, I don't have anything against Canon, but Nikon's just always been my home. So I'm getting a whole new setup for that. And I'm really excited to see how it changes because that's definitely a big thing when you have the right equipment. I mean, having the right tools are part of it. I mean, you're not going to flip a burger with a knife. You know what right, I mean? Right. You definitely that's, have to have the right equipment or it's not going to work. Um, Raina, Raina shoots Nikon. So I, the first, the first set of really good pictures I took were Nikon. And then, um, John has sent me a, um, Canon EOS, uh, 7D. So it's a little older, but I, I, I like what I'm getting from it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that's that's the big part of it, too, is making sure that you like the products that you're coming out with or the uh, what your what the end product is, I guess. If you're happy with it, everybody else will will be. You know what I mean? If you're mm -hmm. satisfied with the stuff that you're putting out there, it definitely shows in your work. And I totally agree with that. 
my my the main way I've been gauging it um, since I started with the Canon is I'm noticing that more of my stuff is becoming profile pictures than it used to, <laughs> which means the people that I'm taking photos of are liking them. That's and, always um, such a reassuring feeling too, when yep. you're like scrolling through Facebook and you see like whoever like updated their profile picture. It's like, Hey, I took that. That's yep. awesome. And um, the, the band that, that I took the photos of on in February, the lead singer's photo is still the picture. One of the pictures that I took. So or two months and he hasn't changed it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always such a reassuring feeling. It's like, yeah, or you get um, reposted on like Instagram or something. You yes. see like who tagged you. It's like, yes, I've made it. This is awesome. You know, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. like what level the band is. It's always so incredible just to see that. It's like, yes, you guys liked my work. This is awesome. And what it, what it does, I was actually talking to Jonna the other day, and I was like, look, we need to come up with a package for when this is over. I said, because I can show up somewhere, and I can interview them. I can live stream them. I can help them build a website, and I can take their photos. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I can reestablish these bands in one sitting. <laughs> Right, right. No, for sure. And like, I, I think that's the big name of the game, especially when it comes to people working in the, in, I guess, the media side of the industry. It's the amount of, I guess, versatility, because mm -hmm. like the new gear that I'm getting, I'm upgrading to the Nikon 780, which is a pretty much it's a really good hybrid camera. And I've seen a lot of wedding photographers recommend it. And um, everyone listening to this podcast is probably going to hear this like 40 times that I'm getting this <laughs> camera. I'm so excited about it. But it's a really good hybrid, so I can do video, and um, the, it's gonna upgrade. It's gonna upgrade my photo quality and have me be able to do videos and stuff. And I think that's a very big part in anything kind of going on right now because everybody kind of has like their niche, obviously. But being able to do other things and being able to provide multiple, I guess, assets to a, a band is always a very good thing. Mm -hmm. I am. Um... My, my, I think my favorite part will always be the web design part. But that being said, I've done uh, five, 512 episodes of the Pennsylvania Rock Show. I'm on episode 32, I think, is the next one of Three Questions in a Song. Um, I did a couple episodes of one that didn't work out. It was called um, Throwdown. Um, that one was tough because... <laughs> There were four four lead singers and me, and um, I didn't get much in as far as talking went. And then I was expected to edit the three hours down to an hour, and <laughs> I was like, "This really isn't very fair." <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. With certain interviews, I find um, even if it's in a group setting or if it's one on one, sometimes they just kind of go on a rant which is totally fine i love that and they, i love people that talk to me but sometimes you lose kind of control of what like you have what you want to say and what you want to cover and then it just ends up turning into this whole other thing yeah and and, and you know lead singers like to like to be in the forefront and there were four of them <laughs> oh yeah that's intimidating man I, I couldn't imagine that that's super intimidating I remember when I interviewed John Karabi, um, this is almost two years ago now. Oh my God. Um, I had this whole, like, like I had like two paper, like so double sided of notes that I was going to talk to him about. 
and like 10 minutes into it I just I, it was a phone interview and I just like threw the notebook across the room I was like he's just on a rant about kiss right now I'm just letting <laughs> him talk. like I'm just letting him go like it's fine I loved it it was one of my favorite interviews that I've even done to like up to today but he just was talking about kiss and then he was telling all these like little fun stories and like this random like less known facts about like gene simmons and paul and i'm just like okay dude you go you, you tell me about them this is great i love this i'm learning <laughs> i am um, i've told this story a bazillion times but i met gene simmons once <laughs> oh that sounds fun how'd that go um we talked about about that sony mavica camera <laughs> yeah yeah i i had it with me and he wanted to know how it worked <laughs> that was the That's conversation <laughs> That is crazy. You hear all these people talk about how rude he is, and he was really nice to me. I I was at a book signing. I probably talked to him for ten minutes. They usually try and usher you through that. He he wanted to know how the camera worked. (laughs) That is fantastic. Oh my god, yeah. I met Paul um, a couple years ago. That's the only member of Kiss that I've uh, met, and Paul is such a sweetheart to me. And I've heard really like horror stories about that man. And he was so nice to me. He talked to me for like 10 minutes and it was at a book signing and they were trying to like rush me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm talking to the young lady guys. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing like people be like, Oh, this, this is a bad story. I've heard about this. Like this person has a bad reputation, but like, this is a good mm-hmm. story about him. I think Sebastian Bach gets some um, kind of a bad rap too, to a degree. And I, I met him uh, last September when I was in Cleveland and he was so sweet to me. I just, I think I just, I don't know. I think people just catch people on the wrong day sometimes. Yeah, I, I haven't met him. I, I actually, I was, I went down a rabbit hole on um, YouTube the other day and watched a bunch of interviews that he did. Um I do that often where I start off with an unsigned band and somehow I end up with like Motley Crue videos or the Foo Fighters or it's weird how you can get from one place to another on YouTube. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. I ended up on an eighties hair metal rabbit hole the other day. And I was just like, I looked down at the, like what time it was. I was like, Oh, I've been watching bullet boys interviews for like the last hour. This is fine. (laughs) Somehow the other day I ended up on, um, the last epic episode of Sixth Sense, which is Nikki Six's show. Right. And he was interviewing Slash. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved his radio show. And I was so sad when it ended. I was very, I, I enjoyed that very much. That was one of the reasons that I wanted to get into doing podcasting was actually because of Nikki and um, the Sixth Sense. Cause I grew up listening to that and it was so cool to kind of, have that like it wasn't a weird thing anymore you know it was like oh he's cool and he's doing a podcast i want to do that you know that's my 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 new thing for probably the last six months every so often i tag the foo fighters and invite dave Grohl to come on to my show so far i've gotten no response (laughs) (laughs) that's what i do with jerry cantrell of allison chains and i don't think i'm ever going to get a response from that but you know what (laughs) things have happened to me for sure <laughs> i you know i i really stick to the the unsigned side of things but um i have interviewed um cordell crockett from ugly kid joe um he's in a unsigned band in california called here kitty kitty so i've spoken to him a couple times and then um john bechtel who's the keyboardist for ministry 
who's in a unsigned band on the eastern side of Pennsylvania. Um, and of course, I can't remember their name right now. <laughs> That's but, cool, though. Yeah, I'll have to look both of those up. I've never heard of those bands, and I've been trying to, um, I guess, during this whole quarantine, I've been trying to look up some more um, unsigned or underground bands to kind of look up. So I'll definitely have to look those guys up and put them in my Spotify. Um, if you go to buildthescene.com slash artists, I have a whole list of them. <laughs> I'll be on that for sure, man. I will definitely be checking that out as soon as I get off of here. That's, that sounds so cool. And I really, I really like what you've been doing with the, with the whole like build the scene thing and how you guys have that kind of all in one spot. That's so convenient. So easy, especially not only for fans, but people like me, like you just were like, Oh, you can go here and look up unsigned bands to like, mm-hmm possibly interview or like feature on your website like it's it makes it easier for people like me that are trying to look for i guess new talents even though i'm not really a talent scout but like look for new bands that i want to like help promote mm-hmm. i yeah, yeah there's that's, that's really cool. uh for the bands if you go to buildthescene.com slash venues once things reopen i have close to 200 venues in western pennsylvania listed phone numbers address um website links um that's pretty cool. I'll have to pass that along. I have some friends that um, try to play in PA and they have a hard time finding a venue. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, content wise, because of all the websites that it really has encompassed over the years, um, there's you know, 16 years worth of, of content that I've put out that's on that site now. There's tips and tricks. There's I have a section there now on um, tips on how to live stream. I mean, I, I was doing it and people were starting to question it recently. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put out what I do. <laughs> so, you know, right. to help bands and interviewers. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's really incredible, man. I really appreciate everything you do for the scene. And hopefully you've been staying safe through all this uh, quarantine shit going on in the world. And <laughs> hopefully I'll be catching you at a show when, once everything opens back up. Yeah. I, I've pretty much been living in my kitchen, which sounds really weird, but <laughs> No, I feel um, that. <laughs> I I am a teacher and we are we have been school closed on Friday and we were teaching online on Tuesday. And Oh. So That's rough. I've been been doing Zoom lessons since the first week. This so this is week 6. Um I took over a wall in, in the in the kitchen. It now has neon green poster board all over it. So I can use it as a green screen. Because oh my God. You know, clearly technology is kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so rough, though. So how's that been working with um, the Zoom stuff? Like, how have the students been receiving it? Um, in the beginning, it was very, you know, it was very much a, like, show and tell thing. Because they were excited to see their friends and look what I've been doing. Um, hold on one second. There's a timer on the Alexa in my in this room, <laughs> um, and now it's really like we're carrying on classes. You know, we've done some hands-on experiments um, today. My sixth graders, um, I have them building earthquake safe house models, so they were showing off what they have done so far and explaining to the other kids in the class why they did what they did. So it's really, I, I mean, it's not nothing can be being in, in the classroom, but. Um, it's probably as close as it could be at this point. 
Right, right. Yeah. Like I, I've seen a lot of people talking on social media, obviously, about the different varies in schooling. And I was homeschooled up until I went to college. So I was kind of like, okay, so they're online now. And I kind of just, I guess, because I, I was in a classroom and I kind of get it with after going to college and being in like a classroom setting. But I, I also don't think that it's that big of a I guess it's the best thing you can do right now with everything going on is have everyone um, on Zoom and whatnot. I was also homeschooled. This was like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have the technology that you guys have now. Like we didn't have Zoom or any of that shit. We had like Blackboard and bad email service. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> it was terrible. We had those um, really bad computer microphones that like you put the headset on mm-hmm. and you could like, all you hear is like static through them. It was terrible. But like, I, I learned obviously and I graduated early, but yeah, it's all, I, I like kind of seeing everyone like kind of trip out a little bit. Like I haven't seen teachers like freak out about it, but <laughs> I've seen like some parents I've seen some parents kind of freak out and I've seen like a couple students like kind of be like, Oh my God, what do you mean? I have to do this at home. And I'm just over here like, well, I did this for how many Mm -hmm. years, you know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of funny. It's like, I did this without your equipment kids, like calm down. (laughs) The teachers flip out when they're not online because you know, they're, they're trying to show a professional error about themselves. Um, and I can for sure tell you that it does did happen. Um, I am also the technology coordinator at my school. So the first two weeks of this, I spent um, teaching the teachers how to use technology, teaching the parents how to use technology, and just telling the kids, here's your assignment, and they could go do it. (laughs) That's that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, I bet it was a big learning curve for um, a lot of the teachers, too, like making that transfer. The, the, over, but yeah. the biggest thing was explaining to them that they couldn't do it the way they had been doing it. I was like, look, you, you have to adapt. Um, and I actually, I've helped teachers. I teach at a Catholic school. So I, I, <laughs> I created videos on how to do different things that I was doing. And um, now all these other schools are using my videos to figure out how to do what my school's doing. Um, I also started people that are in public schools that, that know me started messaging me and saying, Hey, how, what are you doing? How do you do this? So I have public schools that are now using my videos. <laughs> I, I need to figure out how to monetize that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because that's, that's a lot of content out there. Yeah, man, you've been busy. You're doing all the stuff with build mm-hmm. the scene and you're doing showing the, uh, I guess, teacher workforce of Pennsylvania, how to, um, use Zoom, yes. <laughs> Zoom, and <laughs> pretty much in a nutshell. Microsoft Forms and Adobe Acrobat and WordPress and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I, I'm just saying, who doesn't know how to use WordPress? But I didn't want to be that mean. But that just about like half came out of my mouth, and I had to finish that. <laughs> but like WordPress is kind of self-explanatory. I feel well, the, like the only plus with the WordPress thing, we um we needed a homework website a couple years ago and the diocese wanted us to use the system that they have through Microsoft. And I hate it. And um, I set up a WordPress site. So the teachers at my school have been using WordPress to post their homework. So there was just a little bit of tweaking to adjust it so that we could use it to put the content out for the students. Um, And most of them understood it right off the bat, which was nice. 
So that part wasn't much of a learning curve. That was just a, hey, here's what you need to do. Whereas some of the other stuff Correct. was hours upon hours of, you know, a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can't, I can't even imagine how that went, man. That's, that's wild. We're definitely living in a crazy once in a lifetime kind of ride right now. And this is nuts, but I'm glad to hear that you've been getting everything kind of situated over there yeah. and teaching everybody how to use uh, zoom and WordPress. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really though. weird how, what I, what I've learned for the music scene is now being used to, to teach. Um, where we also do morning announcements every day on Facebook live. Um, so we use the exact, um, the music teacher and I are alternating days. So I taught him how to use OBF, OBS, which is um, broadcasting software. And um, he does it on one day and I do it on the next day. And my kids make, make cameos in those because I'm not Catholic and someone has to do the prayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing definitely wrong with that, man. That's that's cool, though, that you guys have been working that out and trying to keep everything kind of as normal as possible. Yeah, today it took three tries. <laughs> oh, oh, that's I, not I, fun. I know what I did wrong now, but at 8.30 in the morning when I was up until 3 o'clock in the morning, um, it didn't make sense to me why it wasn't working. <laughs> you keep pressing the same button, and it's just like, why isn't this working? This should be working. Well, I feel what, what happened was I put an um, MP4 video in the background. Um, I have a green screen behind me and mm -hmm. I forgot to mute the video. So the video was louder than my mic input. So all they could hear was Niagara Falls and they couldn't hear me. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. That, that's an easy mistake, especially when you're mm -hmm. tired and just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like I just need more caffeine and I'll be uh, okay. <laughs> um, caffeine was something I'd given up, but I've started drinking it again during this. <laughs> I, I, I told myself because I'm a cook, that's my day job um, outside of doing like all the photography and stuff like that. And I told myself when uh, my restaurant, like we got laid off, I was like, I'm not going to drink any caffeine through the quarantine. I need to go on a caffeine detox and just deal with it. And that lasted like a day and a half. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need my coffee. That's, I made it. Up almost four years where like I may have had oh, wow. a couple sips a year. Um and I'm sure I'm gonna do it again, but you know, desperate times, desperate measures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like usually when and that was one of the things for me, and I know this turned this whole thing turned everybody's worlds upside down, not just mine, but um that was the one thing that was kind of really hard for me when everything kind of got shut down because I was so used to going out and shooting in these different like random cities around where I'm at and then working five, six days a week cooking. So it was kind of like an abrupt halt and my body was kind of like, wait, what's mm -hmm. going on? And I went from like consuming like probably a pot and a half of coffee a day to like a cup in the morning. And it's just like, my body's like, what are you doing? Yep. What's going yep. on? My thing was Mountain Dew. I am probably the only teacher in the world that does not drink coffee. I, oh I wow! Have. Yeah, that that's where all my that's where all my cough my caffeine intake comes from. It's definitely coffee. Uh, I do energy drinks sometimes if I'm on the road because I do touring with bands sometimes, 
And usually I just travel by myself and kind of just pop into the venue when I, when it's time for me to be there and all that stuff. So usually I'm driving at night by myself, just chugging, like I start getting super tired. I'm just like, okay, I need like a rock star energy drink or a Red Bull or something like that. But that's the only time those ever come out. I'm a big coffee fanatic. Yeah, I, I used to, I'd get up in the morning and, and drink a 20 ounce Mountain Dew. Then I would drink probably two more while I was at school. And then I'd come home and drink probably four cans of Pepsi. <laughs> so not oh, only wow. was there a lot of in, in, you know, caffeine intake, but that's a lot of calories too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's how my mom is. And if she's listening to this, hi, Valerie. <laughs> uh, my mom is a very big um, Pepsi drinker. So she drinks um, a lot of that. Like that's all she pretty much drinks. So she definitely is on the caffeine train all the time. <laughs> um, what, I, what I really replaced it with was vitamin water, which is Oh, really? Yeah, I like that stuff. Like they have like the different like they have the acai berry mm -hmm. and the lemonade one that has something in it. Yeah, I don't know what else in that, but yeah, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really like the lemonade one, the acai berry. Those are like probably my favorite. I tried to switch to those from Gatorade when I was on the road because I felt myself starting to gain some weight by drinking um, Gatorade because I get done with a shoot and I'm like, oh, my God, I like feel so dehydrated. So I'd go to like whatever gas like a sheets or something be like okay i need a gatorade and i just felt myself starting to gain weight so it's like okay vitamin water and yep. actual water and i'm good to go now <laughs> yeah, gatorade is gatorade and powerade are my go-to's when i'm calling bingo <laughs> you're calling yeah. bingo so you okay let me get <laughs> yeah there's definitely a story there too <laughs> okay I, I, I haven't done it in a while but um my school does a um blacklight bingo um, fundraiser mm -hmm. and um, I started that's where I started calling them and um, I did a couple at a um, actual fire hall I was going to be a backup but the fire hall was near my school which is about an hour from my house and <laughs> leaving my house at 7 a.m. and getting home at 2 a.m. that got old real fast <laughs> oh. um, that and s some old guy slow clapped me <laughs> <laughs> those old guys could be freaking yeah. vicious man That's i mean wild. don't get me wrong i made the same mistake like three times in an hour but it wasn't a big mistake <laughs> <laughs> those people take their oh, bingo very seriously super seriously it's some crazy. of the bingo workers came up to me they're like you were so calm when they were doing that i was like look i'm a teacher people hate me all the time <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm used to it. I work in the music yeah. industry yeah. and I'm a teacher. Everybody hates me. It's fine. I'm used to stressful situations. But yeah. So oh and, um, I did one other bingo, but I'll, I'll tell you that one when we're not on the air. <laughs> Okay. okay that sounds great that's really funny though oh my gosh well that's that's so great man thank you so much for coming on talking with me tonight i really appreciate it and i hope you're staying safe through all this nonsense and not pulling your hair out dealing with zoom there's, there's no hair <laughs> left to pull out <laughs> this next segment is going to feature um four of my really good friends when it comes to the media side and the photo side um, and you'll be able to hear some of our fun stories throughout this. Um, so the first person I'm going to introduce is Adam Sweet of A Sweet View Photography. Uh, Christian West of West Photo and Video. 
George Archibald, who is a photographer and a reviewer and interviewer um, who works for a couple different publications. And then Frank Piercy, he is um, out of Connecticut and he is a photographer and he's one of um, the people who's actually shot me a couple times for some promotional stuff for this podcast. So um, I hope you guys enjoy our little chat and kind of reminiscing of some fun stories that have happened. Hey, of course you're the... <laughs> Always prepared. Can you hear me all right? Huh? You can hear me all right, I assume? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay. Trying to see who all else. I know George is coming. Frank's coming and Christian Serena just rescheduled for later. Oh, who was that? Oh, George is here. Okay, cool. It's a party now. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> what's up, Looks good, man. What's up, man? How you been, man? I've been all right, buddy. This was a really cool idea. I got to give Adam props for this. This was like, he like inspired this episode, so. <laughs> nah, it's just everybody hanging out. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trying to see. I think we just got we're swaying on two more. Oh shit! You all right? <laughs> yeah, I've just been laying around all damn day. I just stretched. Smoked half, half a J before I fucking got on here. I'm just like, all right, time to kick back. <laughs> I may or may not be smoking right now, but it's fine. Yeah. So what? That's like what I do when I do my podcast. I just like sit here and smoke the whole time. It's fine. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, cool. Christian's here. So we're just waiting on Frank, I think. What's up? Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Sweet. How have you guys been? I've been kicking it, man. I want to get back on the road. This shit sucks. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Weren't you oh, just yeah. on the road when shit happened? Me? Yeah. Didn't you just do a tour or something like that, like in February or something? I was. I was actually supposed to be on tour with Stage Moms, but uh, that I actually like had like a bunch of music videos lined up, so I wasn't, but I did have a three-week into Canada coming up with Lotus Kid that got canceled, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this shit sucks for everybody, for sure. For real. Okay, I'm just gonna, like, start rambling while this is, while we're waiting on Frank, it'll be fine. Frank can just, like, join the party late. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Because most of us are here, so it's fine. Um, this is, like, the second, I guess, second interview that I've done for this, like, pod, the photographer episode, so I'm really, like... I'm hyped about it, so thanks for coming on and like letting me torment you guys for a little bit. I appreciate it. Heck yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, no problem. <clears throat> so I guess I'm gonna just start with Christian because he does um, a lot of like DIY stuff and um, has been doing a lot of stuff for MC Media. He's actually been my lead photographer for a hot minute um, and balling out doing some stuff. So how did you get involved in the DIY scene, Christian? So DIY, actually, it was uh, on my Facebook memories, and Gage was talking about it yesterday. Basically, I had shot two shows, one that was like 
pretty DIY, but like I didn't know it was called DIY. And then I shot this band, uh, Mount Joy, just from like sliding into their DMs and be like, hey, I do video stuff. Let me shoot a video of you guys. Um, yeah. But uh, this group on Facebook is called like Ohio Valley Music Scene or something. And I saw there was this like Thunderbirds event. So like I went in and I DM the people. Basically, what I did with the Mount Joy band was like, hey, let me come take videos of you guys. So that's how I got into that. It was a house show. And like immediately I got cultured by the DIY scene. They're like, oh, this is like a packed show. And I was like, wait, 80 people's like a packed show. And then that just, <laughs> that just led to me. And that was like in a basement. And I was like, oh, this is like cool. The lighting sucks, but this is cool. Uh, that just led to me like building relationships. And then they ended up opening up Thunderbirds. But like I met a ton of people through the fundraiser shows. And that like helped me build my portfolio and like make friends with all these DIY bands from all over the country. And now I tour with some of them and mostly Stage Moms, which is from uh, West Virginia. Um, but yeah. That's pretty much how I got into photography, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And I know you do like the video stuff too, which I'm starting to like attempt to dabble in a little bit. And you've been dealing with my dumb questions, <laughs> being like, no, what, what do I need? How does this work? <laughs> what should I add to my Amazon wish list right now? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's crazy. So Adam, how did you get started doing this wild shit? I started doing uh, just interviews and then I I decided I didn't like talking to people all that much. So I just wanted to take pictures <laughs> and that kind of kick started it. <laughs> That's a mood. I do have to tell this story though. Then uh -oh. I met you in a really funny way though. I met you at my very first Steel Panther show, yeah. which now is kind of <laughs> fucking wild looking back on that because that show was nuts. <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. I met a lot of people that night. And actually, I wasn't even supposed to be at that show that night. I had gone to Neither see was I. I had gone to see uh, Sebastian Bach play, and I swear he opened with 18 in life, and it was terrible. So me and my friend left, and Steel Panther happened to be playing like a couple blocks down the street. Where was Sebastian Bach at? He was at the altar bar. So I mean it's just across the city, but Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't know all that. Yeah, I got free tickets handed to me for um, Seal Panther at a 6 a.m. show, which is fucking ironic now, but it was it's kind of funny. Um, that show kind of, I met, like you said, I met a lot of people that night, and then you kind of let me, like, bug you about, hey, how does this, like, band shit work? How do I do this? Right. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So, definitely. So, George, how did you get started doing this shit? Um, <clears throat> well, Josh from Empire actually approached me. Uh probably what five years now, my God. But um Josh knew me from uh doing band local band stuff forever in my area. And uh he just was like, Hey man, you wanna do some interviews and do some writing for me? And it I just was like, All right, I'll take you up on the offer, and that's how I got into everything. Right. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's really cool. So I, I think we all have those fucking crazy ass stories from being at different shows. And George and I share one about a very obnoxious photographer. But I'm <laughs> going to get to that story in a little bit. Um, so I guess like this is like a group question. What's the craziest like thing that's happened to you like at a show that you've been shooting? Ooh. 
mine's like not really like a pit story, but uh, it happened when I was up um, this band Atlantic Wasteland that I shoot uh, like a decent amount for was opening for Mayday Parade. And uh, like I was on the stage, like shooting some video stuff for them. Uh, and then like Austinette, they're they have two lead singers, Sam and Austinette. Pulled me uh, on, and like we were like running around the stage, like she was pulling me to like get video of different people. It wasn't like really like crazy. It was more just like super awesome. <laughs> yeah, that that's wild. Hey, Frank joined the party. Welcome to the party. You there, man? Hey. Um, I'm not sure if I'm here or not. There we go. Okay, cool. We can hear him. Uh, just to kind of catch you up, Frank, on what we were kind of like talking about. We're just kind of talking about crazy pit stories and how everyone got started and um, doing the crazy ass band photography. I do have to tell this story now that Frank's in here, though. He, um, Him and I did a docking shoot when I was up in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, shooting John Five, and that was pretty. That was pretty humorous because that's still an ongoing joke with Steel Panther. Hey, yeah, humorous. You're just laughing because you got to see me get hit in the head with a flash. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah that that was that that was crazy. So um, I guess I guess we'll just pick up with Frank on where. How did you get started doing um, band photography, bro? Um, it, it was just a natural progression. Um, I've been shooting on and off for the last thirty odd years, and over the last twelve, thirteen, well, no, probably the last thirteen, fourteen years, I've. Uh, gotten back into doing the photography and it, it just seemed natural. I mean, I go to, I went to enough shows before then I figured hell may as well get my camera in with me to do it. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. So um, I guess getting back to my question that we were talking about when Frank kind of popped in on the craziest thing that's happened to you at a show, I guess we'll start that back with Adam. Oh, what's the craziest man. shit that you've had happen to you at a show? I think I know what story you're going to tell. Do you? Because I don't. <laughs> you don't? I thought you were going to tell that story about the time you fell off the stage and broke your camera. <laughs> no, that's not even... I wouldn't even list that as the craziest thing that's happened. I was... Oh. I was at a Disturbed show, and I'd shot him in the pit, and I was out in the crowd, just kind of hanging out in the crowd. And next thing I knew, my leg was wet. I turned around, and this guy behind me was peeing on me. And I think that Ew. is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me at a concert is I got peed on at a Disturbed show. That's fucking traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't I don't know if anybody can top that. Um, George, do you want to try? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I really don't have any kind of like crazy stuff. It's just more like I meet unusual characters when I go do this stuff. <laughs> From, yeah. from drunk people that have never met me before, mistaken me for somebody they know, and buy me beers, and you just kept handing them to me. And I'm like, I don't know you. Like, I feel bad. <laughs> and they're like, no, take it. Yeah. Take it. You look like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> all right. This is happening now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to feed me beers? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that's, that's funny. We yeah, I get I get weird, crazy people just walk up to me. I had one lady. I went up to Cleveland to go see uh, my buddy in Slaughter to Prevail, and um, I was super sick for this show. I wasn't even shooting it, 
Um, I was just there to try to interview him. And uh, I had my phone and I had a uh, backup battery in my pocket. So I kept pulling it out because they were uh, latched to each other. And this lady mm-hmm. thought I was security. <laughs> because she's like, she's like, you got two phones or is that a walkie talkie? I'm like, it's a battery. <laughs> and she's, she's like, she's like, well, somebody spilt their beer on the floor. I said, not my problem. She's like, well, aren't you going to go clean it up? I said, I don't fucking work here. <laughs> I was like, I'm watching the show, you dumbass. Oh, my God. Are you going to go clean it that, That's so dumb. That's so dumb. I think one of the craziest things that's happened to me at a show, and George was there for this, there's this dude in Cleveland, and I am not, I don't, I'm not going to call out by name. FPG. Anybody that shoots something probably knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> he, he don't give a shit. He, this dude is like your stereotypical creeper. Very like, just, he's an asshole. That, that's <laughs> the easiest way for me to put it. So this has been like an ongoing thing. So like two years ago, I shot um, Everclear actually with Adam hey. up at the House of Blues in Cleveland. And this guy comes up to me and is, like, trying to, like, kind of talk shit a little bit and try to, like, intimidate me. And he was trying to talk to me about my John 5 shirt. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I do work for him. One of my photos is in his last album, whatever. And this fucker deadass looks at my camera and goes, oh, did you shoot it with that? Oh, you know. And he was, like, giving me shit about uh-huh. it. So about a year later, I'm shooting a Spraley. Um, at the same venue, but my hair was red. Um, the Everclear show, my hair was black, whatever. So I'm in the pit waiting for my um, friend to show up, and this guy will not leave me alone and will not stop talking to me. He, I guess, thought I was, like, a different person. And he's, like, badly hitting on me, trying to, like, use Titanic references. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> and he's like, why do you keep, why do you keep checking your phone? And I was like, well, my wife's coming. And he's like, oh, like your friend wife? And I was like, no, like my wife. Shout out to Jenna for going along with that. But I was like, my wife is going to be here. Literally, as soon as I said that, she pops up at the end of the photo pit yelling for me. And I was like, oh, perfect timing. So like, he left me alone for the rest of the night. It was fine. Fast forward to the show at with Steel Panther at the same venue that George was at. <laughs> this guy would not leave me alone. He kept trying to talk to me, and then he's trying to talk to like my friends that were there. I went out to get my press pass at the box office, and he's trying to like use big dick energy with me, and I'm just like, buddy. You are a fucking creeper. Stop trying to talk to me. I don't like this. <laughs> he is for fuck that guy. He is forever <laughs> entitled FTG for fuck that guy. <laughs> that, that's his name forever. That was absolutely terrible. And then in like the middle of the um, stitched up heart was opening for that show. And their bassist came over to me, like, after the first song, I was like, hey, do you want to come up here and take photos? And I swear to God, that guy's head was going to blow off. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was super jealous. He was so mad. I'm like, bro, why are you, like, being salty right now? This is so stupid. Be happy you weren't up there. Um, uh, it was Alien Weaponry, 
uh, Zach Wild in the Black Dahlia murder, and he was up there. And there was a, oh. and there was a girl from um, Ohio State from Columbus. I guess she worked for like their media or their uh, radio station or something, and they sent her up to cover the show. And she was like probably nineteen years old, maybe twenty at the most, like real young. Mm-hmm. And he would not leave her alone. Ew. Yeah, just creeping on her the whole time. And I had to like be like, hey man, uh you might want to like leave that one alone. I mean like yeah. I kind of like mentioned the security and security kind of like would stand in between him and her. Yeah, it was like really getting creepy. Yeah, he's like, he is the definite creep. When I talk about my pet peeves in a photo pit or things like, don't fucking do if you're a concert photographer. That is one of them. Do not make your fellow, like, photographers feel, like, uncomfortable. He's such a fucking douchebag. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, it's stupid. So, Frank, do you have any crazy stories from the shows that you've shot? Crazy stories. <laughs> Not really, no. It's pretty uneventful for me. Um, the only crazy one was uh, shooting the Worcester pol- up in Worcester at the Palladium and getting mistaken for Jeremy Saffer. <laughs> Why? And, the dude's a little bit taller than me. It's definitely a lot better looking. You guys don't look anything alike. <laughs> got that big ass on his nose. I mean, come on. Yeah, like you guys don't look anything alike. Oh my god, that's uh, that's yeah, that's crazy. I don't really get mistaken. Other than that, I had three guys drunk off their asses come up and pay me ten bucks to take their picture, and that's then I never heard from them again. <laughs> I give them my card. I say, "Give me your card. I'll send it to you when you get home." Never heard from him again. Here's 10 bucks. We're just going to like act like we're going to get this photo at some point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it was funny. And it was a good photo. They, they missed out. Oh, my God. That, that's um, funny. Yeah. Speaking crazy. of creepy yeah. people at yeah. concerts, I had I was shooting Hailstorm. And this dude in the crowd, he was like, I'll give you $100 if you can get me some close-up pictures of her. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what it is about like female fronted bands, but they bring out like the worst crowds and it's so sad. They really do. Yeah, they really do. I I absolutely hate that. And I think in this moment probably brings out like the creepiness when it comes to like the creeps. It's, it's terrible. Oh man. I love shooting them though. I'll never turn down. Oh yeah. They're so good. I was supposed to shoot them on the tour that, um, just passed with, um, Black Veil Brides, but without everything going on, it got postponed. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that. I, I I shot Impact Festival up in Maine last year, and they were the only band that limited photographers to shoot them that night. Hmm. Yeah, they're pretty Which I thought was amazing. These guys, these guys are usually pretty good. I mean, they usually everybody for the whole set, but out of about a dozen photographers, they only let four of them in. Yeah, it was probably something to do with the production because they do a lot of theatrics and maybe some of their stuff was taking up room in the pit. That's the only thing I can think of. Now, it was, they changed up their their show. 
And I think that's what a lot of it was, is they changed up their set and they only let those in like um, Evil Rob and, and a couple other more well-known guys. Right, right, right. Yeah, Evil Rob, he has some really cool work. I've seen a lot of his stuff with, um, he shoots my dudes in Seal Panther a lot. His work's really good. Nice guy. Yeah, I've never met him, but like I know of his work. He's, he's really cool. He's really cool. So, does anybody yeah, have a trip from the pit one? <laughs> That's cool. I, I wish I would shoot with him. Like, I see like some of these other photographers on Instagram, and I'm like, I would love to shoot a show with you. Like, why do you live so far away? <laughs> well, when are you moving to the East Coast? Aren't you supposed to be going to New York soon? Yeah, I'm supposed to. I was supposed to be moved up there two weeks ago, and yet here we are. I'm still in the wheel. But damn coronavirus. <laughs> At damn Rona, messing up my plans and everybody else's. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> so, does anybody have like their, I guess, their favorite photo pit story? Like, what was like a really good show? I think um, George and Adam know what mine is, but um, what was your favorite show that you've shot? Mine definitely was four chord because one, I got to shoot real friends and they're my favorite band. And also, um, I don't know if you guys know the band patent pending, but, uh, mm -hmm. Joe, the lead singer, like I was shooting them. I was like, Oh, these guys are cool. Like, you know, uh, they're like energetic and all that fun stuff. And I was like mostly focusing on Joe for this one song. And he just like, like dips down to the pit pretty much grabs my camera moves it to the side and shoves the microphone in my face and he did it twice like during the song which was just like really cool <laughs> that's probably my one of my favorite like coolest shoots awesome. yeah <laughs> adam you want to go next buddy? you know i don't i don't necessarily have a favorite concert moment but a lot of my favorite moments involving the concert scene is being like at key bank pavilion sitting in the parking lot with george and like gavin just bs and talking in between sets between we're shooting and just getting to hang out with the photographers that's that's like family to me yeah it's always uh, i feel that that's always a good time for sure yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I really like the scene up in everyone that shoots at the pavilion and a lot of people that shoot in the Pittsburgh scene because they, they have a very like family vibe to them. And I was really lucky that that's where I started shooting like my bigger shows because everybody up there just is so welcoming. I didn't feel out of place like I did at some other places when I first started shooting. So um, yeah, I'm definitely grateful to everyone that like embraces the family feel, I guess. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that because uh, I, I've made some pretty good friends outside of uh, the concert photography with guys I've shared the pit with. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, I, yeah, there's some really good guys in Pittsburgh area. Um, Alan, Jason Nelson. Um, if you guys have gotten to meet Bill Gaiman, he's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, them, that them dudes are all you know. Everybody's just welcoming whenever you're down in Pittsburgh shooting. 
Absolutely. Yeah, everyone's so welcoming down there, and I absolutely love it. And I definitely consider some of you guys family that are in that scene, and I, I definitely, even though, like Frank mentioned earlier, I am in the process of moving, I'm definitely still aiming to do a lot of stuff in the Pittsburgh community just because you guys are like family to me. Oh, shoot, just because you're in one spot doesn't mean you got to stay there. I, I've shot shows all over the East Coast. I mean, I went to L.A. last September for a shoot, so I definitely don't know any bounds when it comes to traveling for photo shoots, for sure. I mean, shoot, I was supposed to be in Baltimore next weekend. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I was supposed to be in L.A. for like three days at the beginning of this month for a show. It was just a local band in L.A., um, and I was supposed to do like some like um, portrait work while I was out there. So, um, like I said, fuck the Rona. I'm still very, very annoyed that it messed up all of that. But I'll get out there, back out there sooner or later for sure. Yeah, I'm missing out on a huge show in Atlanta this upcoming month that I was really looking forward to. Yeah, like I said. Uh, yeah, we're all. We're all uh, like I said, I was supposed to be like up in Canada and then back by now. <laughs> so I feel your guys' pain. Yeah, this stuff definitely sucks sitting at home. Like, all of a sudden stop. When I, whenever they got shut down in Ohio, and Ohio was like one of the first states to kind of like put everything on like lockdown and shut all the bars down. I, I was sitting at a bar with like Bisto Blanco. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm going home now. This sucks. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, I was supposed to shoot them at a, at a place week and a half after that. It's like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Where were you supposed They're to shoot them, Frank? Uh, I was going to shoot them uh, in Baltimore at the Ballroom Blitz thing. Oh, okay, okay. I, I keep forgetting they were supposed to play that. Yeah, and they're on my bucket list, not just to shoot, but to also see. I haven't seen them yet. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. I can't wait for you to see them eventually. I know they're very avidly um, trying to reschedule all their tour dates and stuff once um, they kind of get the go-ahead from all the venues to rebook. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. We'll see what happens. For sure. I'm definitely really grateful that all the bands are wanting to get back out there right now and very like, okay, let's do this. Like, as like one of the first bands on the road, like, let's get back there. I saw the Faster Pussycat put out a tour called Straight Out of Quarantine. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's like the smarter bands will use this time, like, of quarantine stuff to like make branding out of it and like make profit off of it, is what I've seen at least. Like, using it for like like you said that tour or like using it to release products and stuff like that is genius yeah yeah wednesday 13 just put out like a quarantine um t-shirt line and one of them um said i ain't afraid of no grave and i thought that was really funny <laughs> that's sick <laughs> oh my god wednesday was probably if I'm talking about artists that I really like shooting, um, Wednesday 13 is definitely up in my top five for sure. Um, he, he is such like a theatrical mm -hmm. show and his lighting's usually really good. Um, I think I've, I've shot him a ton and I think only one time he had bad lighting. Um, and that was at the Reverb up in Reading, PA. But um, as a general rule, I, I absolutely love his show. He moves around a lot. He has like all the different costumes and stuff, but it's not like overkill. It's just, he's so, it, it's so much fun to shoot him. If none of you guys have shot him before, definitely need to make that a bucket list. Yeah, for sure. I've seen him a couple times. He's definitely, uh, 
he's got a stage show to him, which is really good to see. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of like how Avatar comes out because Avatar's got a pretty good stage show if you've ever got to catch them. Yeah, I shot them um, about two years ago over in Cleveland, and they were, oh my god, they're so good. And their photographer, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, because um, I suck, I'm sorry, but he, it was just me and him shooting their set, and he was so nice, he was giving me pointers on, like, hey, if you're, like, shooting, like, the singer, you should do this, and he was kind of just giving me ideas, because he know, knows the set, because he shoots it every night, and I thought that was That's really so cool. Sick. Yeah, he didn't come at me like a know-it-all either. Um, he was just like, hey, I like want to help you. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is really cool. I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> Avatar was one of my first For concerts. Sure. I, uh, I I snuck out and I told my parents I was going to work. And then I went and saw them at the altar bar down in uh, Southside. <laughs> I miss that yeah, place so much. in peace altar bar. <laughs> oh, I, I miss uh, playing there. That place, was, the sound there was awesome. Have you ever did play in a band live down there. Oh, I miss that place so much. And I know Frank doesn't know what the altar bar is, but it was this little um, club in the south side of Pittsburgh. And it was an old church, why they called it altar bar. And it I pretty much grew up in that fucking place. Like, I, I was so sad when they shut it down. I keep joking that the struts are the reason that that place... Um, got jolted because it was like a month afterwards they had to shut it down because it was something with the foundation of the building. Um, but yeah. It was a church. That, yeah. that was an old church? Yeah. Did it have all the stained glass windows mm. and everything in it? Um, yeah, I think there was one right behind the stage too, I'm pretty sure. That's, that, that's cool. There's a place in New York uh, Mohegan Lake that uh, used to be a uh, monastery, <clears throat> old stone building, big plate, big huge stained glass windows, and it's a bar. Uh, and they do live shows there. One of my favorite places to shoot bands. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I need to check that. Is it still um, like in existence? Like, is it still operating? Obviously not right now, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's a pretty funky place. Cool. Cool, cool. I'll have to check that out once I get up there and Corona tells me that I can finally move. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So um, what are some of you guys' favorite bands to shoot, I guess, since I was talking about um, Wednesday 13 and we were talking about Avatar? What's, I know Adam's a really big fan of shooting in this moment, but I kind of want to hear some other opinions on bands. When I shot Crown the Empire, they were nuts. You talking about a uh, stage show? Their stage show was insane. Like I was not expecting like that many lights done like that well inside of Mr. Smalls. It like blew my mind. <laughs> They're probably my favorite band to shoot. That's awesome. I, I have to say, The Darkness. That's one of my favorite bands. They, they played up pretty good for the photographers in the pit. That's awesome. I love that when bands like play to the photographers because sometimes they try to act like they're not there, which is fine. Everybody their own. But um, I do like it when they kind of ham it up a little bit, especially if it's like one of the opening bands and you're not really sure who they are or how their stage show works. Um, I definitely like it when they kind of ham it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool, too, when they go when they at the end of the third song, they're like, well, we got the photographers in the pit doing a great job. 
give him a hand. Here's two more songs, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Nice. Yeah, I know Shinedown usually makes a point to like, and talk to the photographers and all the security and stuff like that. I, I really enjoy shooting them because they definitely make us feel like we're acknowledged. Yeah, shaking everybody's hand in the photo pit. That's a really cool thing that they do every time. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I felt like an idiot that night. <laughs> I felt like a big idiot that <laughs> night I shot him. I'm paying attention to another guy in another part of the stage. And next thing I know, I got a, a roadie tapping me on the shoulder saying he wants to Take your hand. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is happening now. I'm busy shooting. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's what happened to me the first time I shot them. I was so like head into my camera, and I was like, wait, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what what is this? I don't know how to act. I think each time I've shot them at the pavilion, though, and I think Adam shot them both times with me when I've shot them outside, it's, I've almost gotten heat stroke because it's all, they always come when it's so hot. And it's not even like the time of year because I think the first time I shot them was like late August. And then I shot them like two days before my birthday last year in the middle of July. And I swear I was going to get heat stroke. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always like hot as hell up there oh when they were there for some reason other nights it can be like cool and everything's fine but oh it's so hot up there sometimes well i think that's all i have for this um episode guys thank you for coming on chatting with me for a little bit i really appreciate it that's really cool thank you for having us absolutely anytime awesome thanks thanks for hopping on guys take it easy Bye. Thanks for tuning in on part one of the photographer episodes for Chats with the Freak. I will be posting part two this upcoming Friday, so please keep your eyes peeled for that. Thanks to everybody who participated, and this has been a really cool thing that I've been able to do.